Welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Shevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, The story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. Let's begin our story. 20. The ride to school was quiet and tense. Mike gripped the steering wheel as if he were trying to snap it in two, the way a hunter would snap a chicken's neck after days of starvation. Alicia drummed her fingers along the car door and tried to think back to the magical time of tenderness and sex that occurred not too long ago in Mike's bedroom. But all that just seemed like a fantasy now. She could tell he was angry, and it not only hurt her, it ticked her off. Just because they had sex didn't mean he could control her and make decisions for her. Problem was, she knew they hadn't just had sex. What they'd done had united them on some level. There was nothing casual about it. They were two people who cared about each other and were trying to unite on a physical and emotional level. At least, that's what it was for her. She cared about him, and the way he worshipped her body, she believed that he cared about her. She tired of watching the trees blur past them as they drove to school. She turned and looked at him. Why are you so angry? Alicia worked up the courage to ask. What's wrong? Was she serious? He couldn't help but think. He turned and studied her face. She looked genuinely puzzled. Are you serious? His voice rose at the end of the question. You are happy this morning. She motioned with her hand between the two of them. We were happy this morning. Hmm. Mike grunted and then focused on the road as he turned into the school parking lot. This morning you were safe in my arms. Now I'm handing you over to some madman. It pisses me off. She turned in her seat to face him and reached across the cab to massage his neck. Her emotions were mixed. She wanted to ease his tension but she couldn't give in to his request that she hang out at his work all day. Her job was important, too. He pulled up to the curb in front of the school. She gave the back of his neck one last good squeeze and said, We went over the rules. I won't leave school property with anyone. Man, she felt like she was 12 and going over the rules for her when her mom dropped her off at the mall with her friends. Should she tease him and say she wouldn't go to the bathroom without a buddy? Probably not a good idea at the moment. He'd left his sense of humor at the condo. I will trust my instincts, she said. If I feel like something is off, I will call you right away. She pulled his hand to her mouth and pressed a gentle kiss to the back of his hand. Mike, I'll be okay. He is not going to try anything while I'm at school. At the most, he'll leave me a note. She shrugged attempting to downplay how creepy even getting a note was to her. If he gives you a note, Mike began. I will call you, Alicia interrupted. I don't like this, Mike rumbled. Consider your position on the record, she teased. She looked over her shoulder at the elementary school that awaited her. Were there really dark, billowy clouds around the school building, blocking out the light of the sun and emitting an aura of darkness? Or was that just her overactive imagination and fears taking over? She looked back at Mike. She wasn't going to let him see her fears. She smiled bravely for him, leaned across the cab of his truck, and kissed him. 
I'll see you later. Have a good day at work. Be safe, he said. When she closed her door, he felt as if his heart was torn in two. He'd wanted to walk her inside, but she'd refused him. He watched her until she disappeared behind school doors, and then he pulled away. As the miles separated them, his anxiety built. He knew he'd made the wrong decision. Alicia stepped into the hallway and walked past the school office. The office was separated from the hallway by a half wall. A large sliding window sat on the half wall and divided the office from the common space of the hallway. The school receptionist, Mrs. Hughes, called through the open window. Hi, Alicia. Mr. Brown wants to see you. Mrs. Hughes tilted her head towards the principal's office that was down a little hallway in the office behind her desk. Alicia stopped and adjusted her school bag on her shoulder. Okay, thanks. She gave a little wave and continued down the hallway towards Mr. Brown's office. He seldom asked to see her, so she wondered what this was about. She'd finished all her observations for this year. She didn't think he needed to plan anything like that. She knocked lightly on the door and listened. Come in. Mr. Brown called from behind the closed door. Alicia turned the handle and stepped into the well-organized office. A bookcase with curriculum guides, child psychology books, teaching manuals, and a few personal photographs lined one wall. A big window was behind Mr. Brown's desk. The blinds were cracked, so little light streamed in and made it difficult to look directly at him. Alicia squinted. Please sit, Miss Woods. Mr. Brown stood and motioned to the chair across from his desk. He watched as she set her bag on the floor and eased into the chair across from him. He sat again, resting his arms on his desk. He wasn't sure how to start this conversation. He wasn't good at this stuff. He worked hard to keep his work life and personal life separate, and he appreciated it when his teachers did too. He studied her face and realized that she squinted as she looked at him. Oh, let me get the blinds, he said. He stood and twirled the handle on the blinds. The room instantly darkened. Alicia was grateful that she could see better, but the overhead light was off, so now it was a little too dark for her comfort. Mr. Brown chuckled and motioned with his hands. Well, now it's too dark, he said with a low laugh as he walked towards the door and hit the light switch. The fluorescent lights flickered and lit the room. That's better he said as he walked back to his desk. He sat down, interlocked his fingers, and rested his hands on top of the desk. Alicia liked Mr. Brown, but as she sat across from him right now, she looked at him through Mike's eyes. She suddenly felt a little nervous as she thought of him as a potential threat. He'd managed to single her out and get her behind closed doors before the morning bell even rang. Mike would have a conniption if he knew it hadn't even taken two minutes for her to be lured to a dark, secluded room by her stalker. She exhaled a large breath and forced her lips into a shaky smile. Her blue eyes roamed over him. He couldn't help but feel nervous. He was acutely aware of his looks. People seemed to do one of two things. They either stared at the scar, or it was painfully obvious that they were not staring at the scar. They weren't trying to be rude, but they just couldn't help themselves. But Alicia never stared at the thick scar that divided his face and ran down the length of his neck. Alicia had always been different. She let her eyes roam over him as if the scar was not there, 
It was as if she did not see it at all, and not as if she were trying to pretend that she didn't see it. Buddy recently noticed a change in her. At first, he pretended not to see the difference in her personality, an easygoing spirit. Whatever she was going through was none of his business. But the change had progressed to a point where he could no longer pretend to not see that something was negatively influencing her life. His time in the military had served him well. He prided himself on the key leadership skills he'd learned and now applied to his civilian life. And, as a principal, he shouldered the responsibility for his students' and staff's safety. But now, whenever he looked at Alicia, he knew something was wrong. Anxiety poured from her eyes and tensed her lips. He couldn't sit by any longer. He had to intervene. He took a deep breath, steepled his fingers, and leaned back into his chair, trying to appear casual. Alicia, thank you for coming to see me. Of course, she replied. She crossed her legs and folded her hands in her lap. She tried to smile, but it just felt forced. He didn't like what he was seeing. Normally, she was joyful and happy. She was one of his favorite people at the school. He could always count on her effervescent personality to brighten the day, but something was smothering her. He leaned forward in his chair and said, I don't want to interfere in your personal life, but it appears that something is bothering you. Are you okay? Was she having man issues? He internally groaned. He certainly didn't want to step into that minefield. Alicia fiddled with her fingers. Had he been watching her? What do you mean? she asked. She tried to keep her voice steady, but she couldn't hide the concern in her tone. He leaned back in his chair again, attempting once again to look casual, while he really just felt awkward. Usually, you're very happy, but for the past few weeks, you seemed distracted. He hated this. It was so much easier dealing with men. You swear a little, they swear back, a few words are exchanged that hint at what may be a problem, then add a fuck you or two, and the problem is solved. But women are so much more complicated. Maybe he shouldn't have gotten involved. This would probably come back to bite him in the ass. She tried to control the panic she felt when she realized that he'd been watching her for weeks. You're watching me? She whispered. Her eyebrows pulled down in concern while her stomach turned. Fuck. Mr. Brown put up his hand and shook his head. No, no, he stated emphatically. Please, you misunderstand me. You know I love this school. This is my home away from home. I try to notice everything I can so I can make it the best school in the district. And something is obviously bothering you. I just want to help if I can. Alicia couldn't help herself. A cold sweat broke out along her body. Her armpits felt damp and she wiped at the nape of her neck. Her emotions were getting the best of her and she cursed herself for it. A tight ball grew on her stomach and a salty tear dripped down her cheek. Mr. Brown stood and walked around his desk to stand in front of her. He leaned against his desktop and pulled a tissue from the tissue box. He waved it like a white flag as he handed it to her. Alicia dabbed her cheek and looked at him. He was fit and certainly fell between the right height and weight for her stalker. Why couldn't he be morbidly obese? Then she knew it was safe to trust him. You're right, Alicia admitted. I've been dealing with some personal issues. 
He took a deep breath and looked at his family picture on the bookcase. It looked happy. But weren't family photos staged? Did her stalker have a family? She'd always assumed he was some desperate single guy. I'm dealing with these issues, she tried to say confidently. I promise that they won't affect my teaching. She plastered on a fake smile. Well, that's not why I'm asking, he replied. He didn't want to sound like a callous bastard, upset because her personal garbage was leaking into her work. Please, no, you can come to me if you need to. My door is always open. Alicia nodded, grabbed her school bag, and stood. Thanks, Mr. Brown. It's nice to know you care. Was that too much? She groaned internally. If he was her stalker, had she just encouraged him to dig around more in her life? Alicia walked out of his office and jogged up the stairs. She headed straight down the hallway for her classroom. She sighed deeply as she shut her classroom door and surveyed her well-organized room. Every table group had its little bin of sharpened pencils, glue sticks, rulers, and crayons surrounded by colorful kid-sized chairs. All of that set her world right. This was her kingdom, and she did her best to rule it with loving kindness and a sprinkle of justice when needed. No stalker could get her in here, and here she was queen. 21. Mike walked into the main conference room at Savage Securities. The hardened eyes of his co-workers stared at him. He knew what they were thinking. He was thinking it too. Why the hell didn't he have Alicia with him? He wasn't sure he liked his answer to that question, but she wasn't his prisoner, even if he wanted her to be. He walked down one side of the high-gloss table and found his spot. They didn't have assigned seats, but each man had staked his position at the table, and no one ever tried to hijack another's spot. Mike pulled out the ergonomic chair, still under the heavy weight of their stairs, and sat down. He gave a nod to the men. Cole stood at the head of the table, surrounded by the small team that would work on today's big assignment. It was a great job, one that could lead to a more high-profile jobs. They were used to providing security, but handling security for a public celebrity was the big time. One fucked-up job would negatively affect the company's reputation and cause them to lose contracts and potential clients. But Cole was conflicted. He didn't like putting an innocent woman's safety in jeopardy, especially one that was important to one of his men, in order to make a celebrity's day easier. Mike would be with her by the end of the school day. Even though he believed that helping Mike outweighed the pompous ass, the brutal truth still remained. If they bungled this job, Savage Securities would take a big hit. News traveled fast in the celebrity world, so he really needed Mike focused on his part of the job, even if it wasn't his top priority. Cole acknowledged Mike and said, I filled the guys in on Alicia. They know about yesterday's incident. You have all of our support. Thanks. Mike gave a curt nod and a tight smile. He was still angry at himself for leaving her at work. He wasn't sure he'd survive if anything happened to her. It couldn't happen again. Cole placed a small round tracker on the table and gave it a gentle push. It slid over the table's smooth surface like a shuffleboard disc towards Mike. He clamped down on the top of the small tracker as it came to a stop in front of him. If she won't cooperate, Cole started. You can at least tag her so you know where she is. 
Mike gently gripped the tiny tracker between his fingertips. He'd make her wear this whether she wanted to or not. If she was too stupid or stubborn to comply, he'd have to walk away. He couldn't watch another woman die. He couldn't put his heart through that again. Thanks, Mike mumbled. Jack couldn't help but smirk at Mike. Heard you got yourself a woman this weekend, and she comes with some baggage. He chuckled as he shook his head, his cocky grin lighting his face. You need to drag her ass back here and lock her down tight. He tapped the table with his index finger. If she isn't smart enough to protect herself, then apparently you need to do the thinking for her. Cole rubbed his chin. No, that is a bad idea, he said flatly. We do not hold people against their will. Most of the time, Logan added with a laugh. He flipped the pen in his hand back and forth like a metronome. Cole glared at Logan. Most of the time, he repeated, his voice low and gruff. Jack hated that he was surrounded by intelligent men who knew the darkness that devoured its prey, yet somehow they could clutch at idealistic fantasies. Maybe that's what love did. Fuck with your mind. The school didn't offer Alicia any form of security. All that tracker is going to tell you is where the tracker is. It's not going to tell you where she is. I still think you need to bring her down here and lock her up tight. Tyson rubbed his hand over his bald head as he leaned back in his chair. He eyed his friends and crossed his arms over his broad chest, waiting to hear the decision. He wasn't going to throw any ideas into the ring. That's just begging to be blamed for something. Logan gave a thoughtful head nod and slipped the lid off the top of his pen and started to doodle on the notebook in front of him. That's not a bad idea, Logan said. He glanced up from his drawing to scan the others. It wouldn't kill her to sit around here all day, and it would give us some time to dig a little more. We may discover who this pervert is. We've already got his prints. There's got to be some database he's in that Mike didn't check. He gave a shrug of his shoulders. Besides, she could hang with Bella. Bella's ears burned as she listened to the men in the conference room. But when her name was added to the conversation, a fire lit her up inside. She was used to the profanity and insane ideas that spilled from their mouths. They had to be either the bravest or the dumbest men she knew. Some of their schemes were downright deadly, and she wasn't even privy to most of their assignments. But she'd worked for them long enough to know that the more dangerous the assignment, the more excited they became. Their language didn't bother her. She expected it from them. Heck, she thought it was funny the way profanity flowed from their mouths the way water spilled from Niagara Falls but she couldn't sit by and listen to them plot the kidnapping of an innocent woman, especially if they planned on involving her in it. Ella stood so quickly that her rolling chair slid across the hard plastic mat that it sat on and hit the wall behind her desk. She marched around her desk and stood defiantly in the doorway of the conference room, with her arms crossed. Yeah, she knew she looked tough. Jack's body went on alert the second she popped into the doorway. He'd wanted to get his hands in her petite frame the minute he saw her, but Cole declared her off-limits. That really pissed him off. If she hadn't worked for Savage Securities, he'd be after her like a guided missile barreling towards his target. But now, what a fine picture Bella made standing there all pissed off. Silky black hair hung over her shoulders with pink tips that lay on her perky breasts, 
Her tiny hands were perched defiantly on her hips, with one fantastic leg slightly ahead of the other. Her eyes, which were normally dark brown, seemed to burn with anger. He didn't know it had gotten under her collar, but he was willing to strip her down and check every inch of her body to see what was burring its way under her delicate skin. Cole knew from the gleam in Jack's eyes who stood behind him. He could smell her, too. She wore that damp perfume. Didn't she know that perfume gave her away? She wouldn't last an hour in the field. Cole turned and said, Do you need something? She normally didn't interrupt their meetings unless it was important. He really hoped that there was nothing wrong that needed to be addressed. They were already on a tight schedule. Bella took in a big breath, crossed her arms, and let out the breath with a big sigh. It sounds like you're planning on kidnapping someone's girlfriend. She put her hand to her chest. I'm going on the record right now that that's a bad idea. She loved them, but she wasn't serving time over something so stupid. So instead, she glared at the men, willing them to heed her advice. Tyson had been relatively quiet all morning, but he loved getting under Bella's nerves. There was just something funny about getting that tiny woman all riled up. I don't think we asked your opinion, he said. He crossed his arms and leaned back in his chair. He couldn't help but smile. Bella raised her eyebrows and shifted her weight so that one hip popped out to the side. Then she rested a hand on her hip, forming a triangle. She took a deep breath, accentuating the inhalation, and said, Listen up. The pea sound popped as she said it. I'm going to fill you in on a little secret. She waved her finger at them. Jack couldn't help but imagine how that well-shaped nail would feel, gently scraping down his back. He wasn't listening to a word she said. He was too busy drinking in her beauty. If Cole had wanted them to stay focused on work, then he shouldn't have hired a Bond girl to run the office. If you kidnap this woman, Bella continued, her body language becoming more animated as she went on, and lock her in a room here at Savage Securities in order to protect her, from some pervert stalking her? Damn, Jack thought. Her legs looked great in those heels and skirt. Legs didn't have to be long to be gorgeous or wrapped around his waist. Bella continued. Do you know who's going to look like the pervert psycho at the end of the day? You are, she said loudly, pointing to the men gathered at the table. Jack reeled back a little in his chair and wondered what she was screeching about. Someone must have really pissed her off. She was usually so mellow. Bella continued her rant. Savage securities will be considered nothing but a bunch of fucked up psychos who can't be trusted with any form of security. Bella gave a dramatic head nod as she put both hands on her hips. Cole was thankful that Jack was smarter than the average Joe because he was confident that when Bella was in Jack's vicinity, that Jack's IQ dropped by at least 15 points. That usually happened when men thought with the wrong head. Cole looked over his team as they sat at the high-gloss table, their eyes locked on the tiny Asian woman behind him. He'd worked too hard to build this company, and she was right. If they snatched Alicia, even for her own good, they would be in the wrong. He did not need Savage Securities kidnaps and holds young elementary school teacher against her will on an endless loop on the news. That would destroy his company and all of their reputations. Bella's right. 
We can't force ourselves on Miss Woods. Jack sat forward and held his hands out in a questioning gesture. Who's Miss Woods? Cole looked up at the ceiling and gently rubbed his temple, wishing Bella would just leave so he could have the intelligent Jack back. Bella looked at Jack in amazement. Her mouth hung open in awe. How he ever qualified for special forces was beyond her. She knew he had to be smarter than he seemed because all she ever saw was a jokester who didn't take life seriously, and that just didn't make sense with this job. Maybe letting loose was how he dealt with the reality of his world. Miss Woods is Alicia, Bella explained. The one you're not kidnapping and holding hostage here, thanks to me. Yes, me, she pointed at herself. A tiny Asian woman just saved all of your fine asses. She pointed to all the men seated at the table. Jack couldn't help but smirk. Hear that? She thinks I have a fine ass. He chuckled, sound low in his chest. Bella couldn't help but enjoy the sound. Jack may be a smart ass, but he was also a cute smart ass. Tyson smiled wide, his white teeth gleaming against his dark skin. No way, man. Don't diss us like that. She thinks all our asses are nice. That's not what I heard, Logan said. She called Jack an ass. Ella laughed and covered her mouth with her hand in an attempt to hide her smile. Jack could certainly be an ass. Mike chuckled. Yep, that's what I heard. Jack's definitely an ass. Cole looked at the men seated around the table. It was good to see them smile, especially since they were concerned about Mike. Let's stop talking about each other's asses, Cole said. I don't need the image of any of your hairy asses in my head. Jack sat back in his chair, keeping his eyes locked on Bella. As long as we all remember that I have a fine ass. Bella looked at Jack and shook her head. That's your takeaway, she questioned. You have a nice ass? That's what you heard. Where is your mind? She shrugged and flipped her hand nonchalantly. Jack stared at Bella. Starting at the top of her head and slowly taking in her whole body, his eyes delicately grazing each dip and curve of her form. A smile that sent goosebumps prickling over Bella's skin crossed Jack's face. His green eyes bore into her. Not into her eyes, but into her. His gaze penetrated her, and her heart rate ticked up a notch. She'd never been looked at with such intensity before, as if she was prey and he was the predator. She'd never seen him in the field. She could now imagine the predatory look he must get when he's focused on an up. She opened her mouth to say something, but nothing came out. She had no reply. So instead, she turned and walked back to her desk. She scooted her chair over from the wall and sat down behind her desk. She tried to settle her heart rate. She fiddled with a few paper clips that lay on the top of the table and then opened the drawer and put them away. She reorganized a few items inside the drawer and listened from afar to Cole as he continued the meeting. And as far as the look Jack gave her, she'd just pretend that didn't happen. He hadn't meant to scare her. Cole needed to cover a few more things. He looked over his notes. Mike and Jack are driving our celebrity from the airport to the meeting at the hotel. This afternoon, they'll drive him back to the airport for his return flight. Mike will be done for the day. The rest of us will be here to review. Mike looked over the itinerary. 
Everything seemed to make sense. The timeline was tight, but doable. Any questions? Cole asked. Everyone looked at the schedule, but no one asked anything. Okay, Cole said. Let's go. I hope you enjoyed chapters 20 and 21 of Blood Kiss. On Friday, Mike visits Alicia at school to give her a tracker. Mike then worries about Alicia's safety when he is delayed and can't pick her up at the end of the school day. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Do you want to be part of My Secret Obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to mysecretobsessionpodcast at gmail.com.